Well, I am, I am covered in Dodger now. It's uh, but it is that that dog that that dog. This is our love time. Dodger may have smelled that over the Thanksgiving holiday. I was cavorting with a German Shepherd, and this last month we've been discussing uh, having these the sermon series on our relationship to money and and how living and giving with gratitude, whether our assets that we have are monetary or time or energy. What we do, what we do with the days that we've got for the sake of the shared human family. As a result of aligning our monetary practices with this vision that we see for ourselves and our impact on the world, we end this series today by looking for hope and the possibility that we can transform fear into gratitude with the, by the action of sharing. Now, at the end of the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, and if you have a bell, feel free to ring the bell when the, when the time comes. At the end of the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, if there's a joyful celebration of community, of generosity, and George Bailey's thankfulness is infectious. Take a look. Ernie, a toast <laughs> to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. <laughs> Christmas present from a very dear friend of mine. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right. That's right. Had a boy, Clarence. Let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. story from the early days of Christ's church, from the Acts of the Apostles. The community of believers was one in heart and mind. None of them would say, this is mine, about any of their possessions, but held everything in common. The apostles continued to bear powerful witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and an abundance of grace was at work among them. There were no needy persons among them. Those who owned property or houses would sell them, bring the proceeds from the sales, and place them in the care and under authority of the apostles. Then it was distributed to anyone who was in need. In the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, the people of Bedford Falls come together, they come together with that abundance of grace, and they bring their small gifts 
to cover George Bailey's debt in, a, in the time of his spiritual and financial need. Now today, Frank Capra's inspirational classic movie is considered one of the top 100 movies of all time. It's, it makes that has made that list. What you may not know, and what I did not know until last week at the Thanksgiving feast, Jan Parkinson let me in on a little of the history about this movie. It was released in 1946, and evidently nobody went to see It's a Wonderful Life. It was a complete bomb in the theater. Nobody went to see it. It lost a lot of money, and the movie was largely forgotten. In fact, it was so forgotten that in 1974, Republic Pictures forgot to renew the copyright on the movie. So, It's a Wonderful Life, in 1974, entered into the public domain. And the TV networks, they, they pounced like Mr. Potter on an envelope of cash. They could, they could show this movie as much as they wanted at no cost. And so It's a Wonderful Life was resurrected. And the 24-hour the marathons of It's a Wonderful Life that I grew up with, those began because it was in the public domain. And It's a Wonderful Life has become the classic Christmas movie that it is to this day. And Republic Pictures, George Bailey, didn't see a cent for any of that. Things don't always play out the way you think they're going to. Now, in the early days of the church, people were selling their property, they were selling their houses, and they were turning the profits over to the church so that everyone in the church community would have enough. And we, we still do things like that today. A absolutely. I use the money that people donate to the pastor's fund. And just in the past week or so, you've helped a family that pulled up to the church, and they were a, they were a family with small kids, and they had a cat, too. The cat, the cat proved to be a challenge. Um, but they were living in the back of their minivan, and they needed some help. And so we worked with Woo, and we found them a place, to, a place to be. And it took hours of work, particularly because of that cat. But it was a nice cat. Um, but we got them in a safe place that they could be over the holiday weekends. You did that. You made that happen. You helped make a hundred households meals, those big meal boxes with the turkey and all of that. And then we actually were able to do 101. We, we, we went had to do, we did one more. We did 101 meal boxes together. You did that. People online, you helped with that. You helped a woman. There was a woman who came, and this has happened a few times, but it happened in the last week. There was a woman who came here despondent because she had gotten a bill for tens of thousands of dollars of medical debt to Adventist Hospital. There was no way on what she was making that she could pay that. And she was wondering what her life was even going to look like going forward. We went over to Adventist. We had some conversations. The foundation covered the debt. She was close to being at the end. You help make things like that happen. You help me minister to a family of a man who drowned. And his family was having their very worst day, their darkest night. 
And we were able to be present, just to be present on that dark night. You make things like that happen. And I want to thank you for everything that you've done. Whether you, when you make your giving pledges to support this church community, stuff like that happens constantly. That's just in the last week or so. Now, we are not a huge church community. We are, we are not. But God, by God's grace, we make a difference. And I want to thank you for your pledges of support that you are making for this coming year. Now, back in the day, the church community then thought that Jesus was going to come back any day. Like, maybe next week, maybe the week after that. But Jesus was coming back any day. And then, at that moment, the world was going to immediately change and the kingdom of God would, would come into the world and no one would ever know need or poverty again. Which was, and all of this in their minds, it was just right around the corner. And I, it was kind of like a kid waiting for Christmas. Just, you know, if you, if you, can, you can just stay good just a few more days for Santa. So it made sense. It made sense if that was in your mind. It made sense to live like there was no tomorrow. Sell off your property. Give generously with no thought for the future. And I always think of a coach that I, when I think about this, I think about a coach that I played for, and we were playing the wild card game of our, of our, our high school season. And we were down at halftime, and the coach came in to give his, you know, his, his inspiring halftime talk to us. And I remember him saying, there is no tomorrow. There is no next game. We were down. This is it. And leave it all out on the field today. There is nothing more to save your energy for, for. There is no tomorrow. And we are not punting again in this game. We played so hard that second half, and we won. But as I found out on Monday, winning meant there was a tomorrow. <laughs> we had to play again next week, and I was really hurting. I went all out. I was really hurting. And the early church found out that Jesus didn't come back right away. And now, it's 2,000 years later. And get, getting rid of that property for those people who went out and sold their houses and their property, it might have seemed pretty short-sighted. Because now the church community, we have needs that we are working with that are stretching on into the unknown future. And that one-time sale of property done 2,000 years ago was done a long, long time ago. And this happens. Every one of you, whether you've been a person, you've gotten sober, or you've gotten your weight under control, you've got your diabetes under control, you, you eliminated your household debt. We all know, if you've been through anything like that, you know that the, the day comes when you realize that i got to keep this up, always. Tomorrow comes. Jesus said, don't worry and say, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? Gentiles long for all of those things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
That is so true. And it is so hard to do. And there's a really important clue. There's a, a pro tip in what Jesus said. He acknowledges that everyone, Jews and Gentiles, everybody worries. Everybody worries about money, worries about staying sober, not gaining weight over the holidays, or not going out on a spending spree and, and blowing all that. Everybody worries. The thing about worry is, it wears you down. And if you leave it unchecked, if you just keep that worrying going, worrying can drive you right back to the place that you don't want to be in. And so here's the pro tip. Keep your eyes on the prize. Jesus says, keep your eyes on that vision of the kingdom, of the world that you, how you imagine things could be. And be thankful for every step that you get to take on that never-ending road to Calvary. God can, and I, and I hope God has, I hope this is true for you, given you a vision for your life, what you were called to do. hope God's given you a vision for this, this church community and for this world. It's a vision of what Pastor Michael mentioned last week of your best life your best world. It's a vision. It's a vision of the kingdom of God. It's the prayer. It's the prayer that we say all the time that God's kingdom will come for all of us. Really what it comes down to is that it's just plain hope. We need that. We need hope, especially in the dark days. In those dark days when our, our bodies and souls are tired. Comfort the discouraged. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure no one repays a wrong with a wrong. But always pursue the good in each other and everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in every situation because this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. That. What you just heard, that is at the core of it. Give thanks in every situation. Comfort the discouraged. Help the weak and be patient with everyone. If you can do that, if you can hold on to that and pray continually and give thanks. What the early church found was that by living in that way, by each day reflecting and giving thanks for something, anything, whether it's big or small, if you make a practice every single day to give thanks for something or someone, you will discover that God provides. This is your spiritual practice. This is something that you can take with you. Gratitude. Do not underestimate the power of naming one thing, one person each day, to be thankful for. Because it's from this power that we can carry on through anything, even when we backslide. There is always a new day coming. Now, Republic Pictures, they lost out on all that, all that they had in It's a Wonderful Life. Eventually, in 1993, 
Republic Films found a legal loophole, and it was, it was a loophole, that Dmitry um, Timokin was selling the rights to the original music to It's a Wonderful Life. And I've listened to the music of It's a Wonderful Life. It does not stand out. But it didn't matter. It was original. And when they bought the rights to it, it allowed for them to get the rights back for the entire movie. This little act, this little loophole, allowed the Bailey-esque Republic Films to regain the movie and get their fair share of the revenue. It took about 20 years, but it happened. And that's the good news. The power, the spiritual power of the practice of gratitude every day can carry you through anything. Even when your body and your soul are weary, there is spiritual power for you. And there is always a day of new beginnings.